Looking at our world from a theological perspective, this is the Theology Central Podcast, making Theology Central. Good afternoon, everyone. It is Sunday, February the 6th, 2022. It is currently 3.12 p.m. Central Time, and I'm coming to you live from the empty sanctuary of Victory Baptist Church located right here in Ovalo, Texas. Now, I have a question for you, and I need you to be brutally honest with yourself, okay? I need you to really, really, really think about this question. What do you do when Sunday turns out to be a terrible, horrible, no good, very bad day? What do you do when Sunday turns out to be a terrible, horrible, no good, very bad day. How do you respond? Now, I ask this question because I I think that at least for most Christians, Sunday is supposed to be a, a wonderful day. It's the Lord's Day. It's supposed to be a time of spiritual refreshment. It's supposed to be a time of exhortation, a time of spiritual encouragement, a time of, of learning, a time of praise. It's the Lord's Day where we gather with God's people in, in God's house to sing praises, to pray, and to hear the proclamation of God's word. And in our minds, Sunday is supposed to be a great day. It's supposed to be that day that prepares us for the, the rest of the week. It is the Lord's Day, a time of worship, a time of refreshment, a time of encouragement, a time of exhortation. But what do you do when Sunday turns out to be a terrible, horrible, no good, very bad day? Now, I I borrow that idea, terrible, horrible, no good, very bad day from a book written in 1972 called Alexander and the Terrible, Horrible, No Good, Very Bad Day. You probably have read the book. Maybe you know the book written in 1972. It's kind of a children's book. And uh, you probably know, but that's where I get the idea from. I don't, I don't want anyone to think, oh, he's plagiarizing because, well, I don't want anything else to go wrong today because obviously I'm asking you that question because I'm just going to be honest with you. Now, I know I'm supposed to turn on the microphone and I'm just supposed to smile and I'm just supposed to act like everything's wonderful. Everything's great. Let's just move on. But I'm not good at doing that. In fact, I, I believe Personally, I believe that's contrary to a biblical worldview. I think that pretending everything is okay, putting a smile on your face when it's not, acting like everything's great when it isn't, isn't the way to move forward spiritually. I think we have to be open and honest. I think before we can really even move on with the worship of God, we have to acknowledge when something just isn't right, when things didn't go well. And I do also believe that the Bible is very very specific about confessing our sins one to another. So I'm going to confess my frustration, my aggravation, my discouragement, my disappointment, my depression, my anger, because this Sunday, right here in this very empty sanctuary, earlier this morning, well, my Sunday became a very, very terrible, horrible, no good very bad day. Now, I'm not saying something 
absolutely tragic occurred. But you'll know, you know, in your life, and you know in mine, that sometimes it doesn't require some great tragedy for your day to become a terrible, horrible, no good, very bad day. Sometimes it can just be smaller things. But let me tell you my story, and then we'll talk about maybe some ways in which we can move forward. Because maybe, maybe by hearing me be honest with you, being transparent with you, that will help you be honest and transparent with yourself. Now, you may go, I don't know what his issue is because that wouldn't bother me at all, but that's okay. We're all different. Your issues and my issues are not the same, but I know one thing that is true of you and one thing that is true of this person sitting behind this microphone. We're all sinners and we all struggle in different ways. But one thing is true. We sin and we sin in thought, word, and deed, and by by what we do and by what we leave undone. And I have had a really very horrible, terrible, no good, bad day. That's what I have had today. And I'm going to explain that to you. Here is what happened. I made the decision that today, right here in this empty sanctuary, on this February the 6th, if I said February the 5th, I apologize. February the 6th. I mean, I probably messed up the intro. I mean, what else can go wrong? I probably gave the wrong year, probably gave the wrong, who knows? I probably even gave the wrong location, but it's February the 6th, if I said it incorrectly. At this point, I don't know what I've said correctly today, but I came up with this brilliant idea, this great idea that today, February the 6th, right here in this sanctuary, that the first hour would be dedicated to teaching on 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 13. 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 13, which reads, there hath no temptation taken you, but such as common demand. But God is faithful, who will not suffer you to be tempted above what you are able, but will with the temptation also make a way to escape that you may be able to bear it. So I was going to dedicate the first hour to 1 Corinthians 10, 13, and the second hour to 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 13, because I believe it's a verse that presents all kinds of problems and difficulties and that most commentaries and sermons that I've listened to on 1 Corinthians 10, 13 seems to ignore the problems, ignore the difficulties, present a, an interpretation that I don't think actually meets reality. So I was really going to work on it and try to give a different approach and a different understanding of 1 Corinthians 10, 13. And so the way I had it designed, I thought it was a great idea. Okay, hour number one, Sunday school, right? Everyone will be there. And here's what we'll do. We'll, we'll, we'll address the problem of the verse. We'll try to look at some possible solutions that people have presented. Then we'll do an observational exercise where we break the verse down, like literally, you know, phrase by phrase. Then we'll zoom out, look at the context of the whole book, then look at the context of the chapter, then look at uh, some things in 1 Corinthians 10 that I think really provides the answer. And in the first hour, I'll just do some observational work on those things mentioned in 1 Corinthians chapter 10 and the verses that come before verse 13. And then in the second hour, I'll take those things that we observed in 1 Corinthians 10 and then demonstrate for an entire hour how those things really give the answer and an understanding to 1 Corinthians 10, 13. I was excited. I worked hours and hours and hours on preparing. I had it all ready to go. I was I was excited. I was like, okay, first hour, second hour. Okay, I can do this. I can break this down. Well, it'll be, it'll be a completed study. It should be, 
even if people don't agree, they should find it at least interesting and challenging and give them much to think about and to consider as we try to, well, find a way to answer, to find a way to understand this verse in a way that actually makes some sense logically and in reality. So I, I was ready to go, ready to go. I went to bed uh, last night, but about 2 a.m., 2.30, 3 a.m., I couldn't sleep. I woke up and all I could think about was 1 Corinthians 10, 13. 1 Corinthians 10, 13. Okay, how am I going to begin the message? Okay, what am I going to do here? Okay, how could I illustrate this here? Okay, what should I say here? Okay, well, that's going to be kind of difficult. Okay, okay, when do I say this? And I just kept thinking. I, I tried to go back to sleep and I tossed and turned, tossed and turned. Woke up, finally just got up and said, okay, let's just wake up, get dressed, get ready. 1 Corinthians 10, 13. All right, Sunday morning is here. It's, it's okay, I can't wait. I get a phone call at around 8 a.m. that visitors are coming. Oh, awesome. So then I start thinking, okay, visitors. Then I start worrying about, wait a minute. Well, visitors are coming, but it's a small church. And man, you know, it doesn't take a lot for things to go bad in a small church as far as attendance is concerned. A few people are sick. Somebody's out of town. Next thing you know, you look around and, you know, 90% of the church is gone. And then you have visitors walk in and then you start worrying about, man, that's going to feel awkward for them if they come walking in. So I'm thinking, man, I hope everyone shows up. I hope everyone shows up. I'm all worried. Okay, man, we're going to be dealing 1 Corinthians 10, 13. And I don't know how, I don't know how visitors are going to handle the way we're going to approach this text because it's going to be very different than they would hear any, in any other church. And I'm thinking, man, oh, so I'm getting a, a little bit of worried, a little bit of worried. I know what you're saying. You shouldn't worry. You shouldn't have anxiety. Trust me. I know. I know. I know. I know. Look, I, I'm telling you that uh, I'm confessing to you of, of everything that happened. I'm just being open and honest, but I, I'm like, okay, okay. So I'm ready. I spend some time looking over everything before we leave for church. We get to church and we get here early. Uh, we we do some, uh, you know, uh, my wife helps. There's We clean some things up, try to make sure everything looks nice. I'm getting everything set up, everything ready. Okay, okay, ready to go. All right, all right. Okay, keep watching the clock, keep watching the clock. And I'm like, man, there's nobody here. There's nobody here. There's nobody here. What is going on? There's nobody. One person shows up. I'm like, oh boy. Okay, so now there's me and two other people in this sanctuary. And it's like 10.05. And then I find out from this other person that their family's not going to be here. I'm like, okay, there's one family taken out. Okay, then, okay, well then that, per okay, they're not here. They're not here. They're not here. And now it's like 10.10. Now it's like 10.12. Now it's like 10.15. And I'm like, wait, this is going horribly wrong because I need the first hour to do the first part of this message. Now, if, if I don't do something now, what am I going to do, right? So now I'm like, what? And that, now it's like 10 something. The visitors have any, so then I start panicking that the visitors are going to come walking in. I'm like, this is going to be horrible. They're going to walk in and there's going to be nobody here. And just my mind's going a million miles a second. I'm like, wait, this this is not an encouraging, refreshing, a, 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 you know, spiritual day. I, all I'm here is overwhelmed with all of these concerns and problems. And that's one of the dangers of being a pastor is sometimes Sunday can't be about spiritual refreshment. It's about all of these other issues. And so then I'm sitting there and I'm sitting back in the sound booth and I'm just like, what do I do? What do I do? What do I do? What do I do? And I'm like, well, I, I got to do something. I got to go at least live on the air because there's people who listen to us online. I, I can't just, because part of me just said, well, just forget it. Everyone will show up at, 
at the next hour and I'll just do the best I can in the next hour to complete it. But I knew that was impossible. So I decided, foolish of me, to go live. So it's me, two other people in, a, in, in this sanctuary. I go live. Basically, all I do is kind of give a, I, I kind of begin the first part of the message really to know it's it's really absolute a waste of time because obviously when when everyone shows up for the next hour for the for the morning worship well none of them have heard what I just did so I'm going to have to just really do it again so I don't even know why I'm doing it it's like <laughs> I should have done something else but I spent so many hours on 1 Corinthians 10:13 I couldn't just immediately transition and go okay let's do Let's do something else. I, I should have, but it, it was, it was, so the first hour was a disaster and it was like 35, 40 minutes. You'll see it. Uh, Bible study exercise, 1 Corinthians 10, 13, part one. It's, it's, it's an embarrassment. It's an embarrassment. So it, it's out, it's, it's online. So then finally I end and I'm like, this is so going so bad. Well, then the next hour, oh, here comes people. All right. People are walking in. Great. Okay. Okay, it's still not our normal crowd. It's still much smaller than normal. Uh, the visitors uh, didn't show up. So then I'm thinking, okay, what did I do wrong? Did, so then I'm sitting there thinking, okay, well, now the visitors aren't here. But in some ways, I'm kind of glad the visitors aren't here because, well, this is all going so horribly, horribly, horribly wrong. And so then I'm like, okay, now what do I do? This is supposed to be part two. <laughs> but now I have all of these people looking at me who clearly didn't hear part one. <laughs> so, so then I basically have to do the second hour trying to bring, trying to do like what was supposed to be two hours, trying to cram it all into one hour and there's no way. And so then I don't even complete, I don't even complete it. And I'm like, what just happened? My, my whole idea that I'm going to do this, that I've got two hours dedicated to this and it's going to be awesome. And everybody's going to be like, wow, I understand first Corinthians 10, 13 better than I ever have. And it's going to be amazing. It's going to be great. It all just disintegrated in front of me, just burned up. And well, you can listen to the second hour and tell me what you think. Now, the good thing is after the sermon was over, the people who were present seemed to really like it. They they said positive things. Maybe they just felt bad for me. I don't know. But I was like somewhat encouraged by that. But then I get in the car and I'm like, so now what? <laughs> So it was supposed to be two hours. Now, if I, if, if I, if I move this to next week, do I go back? Like, do I go back and preach all of it? Like, or, or do I come up here this afternoon? Do I try to do it this way? Like now, now the whole series is like, it's all just broken into a million pieces and I've got to figure out how to put it all back together and make, make it very clear. Well, I'm trying to figure all of this out, man. I'm not even thinking about what I preached. I'm not even thinking about encouragement, exhortation, spiritual refreshment. All I can feel is, what do I do? The whole thing is messed up. The whole thing is broken. This day has turned into a terrible, horrible, no good, very bad day. And then, well, and then, then I was like, well, what do we do tonight? Well, I'm like, I don't know. I, I'm not even going to try to figure out who's going to come back tonight because we were going to have an in-person service tonight. I'm like, I'm not even going to try to figure that out. So we'll just do live streaming. But then I'm like, okay, well now, if we'd have had an in-person service, then maybe I could have finished for First Corinthians 10, 13. Now I'm here. What do I do? Now? And now I'm just sitting here in the sanctuary going, what do I do?
So what do you do when your Sunday is a terrible, horrible, no good, very bad day? I don't have any easy answers for anyone. But if you listen carefully, if you listened carefully to everything I just talked about, you'll notice where the emphasis was, right? Did you, did you hear it? Did you hear it? The emphasis was on me. My terrible, my horrible, my no good, very bad day. Everything I just talked about was how everything impacted me. Now, yes, I could focus on the fact that that's sometimes people who go to church They never think about how their actions can impact the pastor or the rest of the church or a church service because they're focused on them. I could focus on that, but that would still be making it about me. Hey, guys, you were so focused on you, you forgot about me. But I would still be making it about, oh, you're right, me. I would still be making it about me. See, I turned the Lord's day into my day and how everything didn't go my way and how I was frustrated because I had this great plan for two hours dedicated to this and I couldn't deviate in the first hour because things weren't going right because I wanted this perfectly planned out. One hour of teaching here, one hour of teaching here. Boom, here's these uh, two parts. It'll be perfect. It'll go perfect online. It'll be perfect for everyone to listen to. It'll be great for the podcast. It'll be great. And that was all about me, 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 me. Now, yes, yes, yes. I did care about how the teaching would go out. I do want people to hear our approach to 1 Corinthians 10 because I think it's interesting. I think it's different. And I think it is textual and based off the context of 1 Corinthians 10, 13 and based off the Old Testament. I think we did, I think I I did a a decent job. And and yes, I don't think there's anything wrong with wanting your teaching to be presented online in in a cohesive complete way that makes sense so that more people will benefit from it. But it's still, even though there was some, there's some right motivation mixed in there, it still was about me. I was inconvenienced. I was bothered. It didn't work out my way. I, I, it was about me. And there is the crux of all of our problems, isn't it? The, the temptation that we all face, we are always enticed to make everything about ourselves. And I forgot quickly, very important text of scripture. Matthew chapter 16, verse 21. From that time forth, began Jesus to show unto his disciples how that he must go unto Jerusalem and suffer many things of the elders and chief priests and scribes and be killed and be raised again the third day. So Jesus is like, hey guys, I'm going to suffer. I'm going to die and I will raise again on the third day. He starts telling them what's going to happen. And guess what? Peter doesn't like what he hears. 
Peter, Peter's not thinking anything about, well, why do you have to die? And what does that mean? And, and does this bring salvation to other people? And how does this fit into God's plan? No, 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 no. Peter's just like, wait, wait, wait. I don't like what I hear. So then Peter immediately does what? Then, uh, then Peter took him and began to rebuke him saying, be it far from thee, Lord, this shall not be unto thee. Now that's hard to even comprehend. That's Peter rebuking the creator of all things. He's rebuking God in the flesh. God, it cannot be this way. Now, yes, there is some, you could see some good motivation in doing this. He loves Jesus. He doesn't want Jesus to suffer. He's like, absolutely not. This is not going to happen. So there, there's, there's probably some good mixed in, but it's also more about Peter doesn't care about anybody else and will Jesus save other people in his day? All he cares about is no, it cannot be that way because there's a part of obviously Peter doesn't want to see that happen. He makes it about him. He doesn't want to experience a terrible, horrible, no good, very bad day. But then look what happens. But he turned and said unto Peter, now here's Jesus who just got rebuked by Peter. Get thee behind me, Satan. Thou art an offense unto me, for thou savorest not the things that be of God, but those that be of men. So I have to ask myself, while I've been moping around complaining about today being a horrible, terrible, a terrible, horrible, no good, very bad day. Have I savorous the things of God or only the things of men? In other words, have I only worried about that which pertains to me? It didn't go my way. It didn't work out the way I wanted it to go. Visitors didn't come back. So that means my church possibly will not grow. It, I made it all about me. Right? It's not about me. It's not about this church growing. Right? It's about the visitors finding a place that they can grow, whether it's here or not here. It's irrelevant, right? It's not about me. It's about the kingdom of God. It's not about the kingdom of this church. What was important is, okay, yes, how everything went this morning did not go very well. So it definitely doesn't translate to a good two-part series on, you know, for the internet. Yeah, that's frustrating. And yes, you want to minister to people online, but guess what? You also have to minister to the people in front of you. So in a roundabout way, I, all I can do is what I can do and just leave it in God's hands and let how it, how it occurred, occur, like it was beyond my control. But I focused on me, 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 the podcast, the growth of the church. Why didn't the visitors come back? What did I do wrong? So Peter is guilty of savoring, savoring the things of men, not of God. And what is the solution when we are focused on the things of men and not the things of God? When we're focused on about us, 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 it didn't go my way. It made my day bad. What, what do we do when we are focused on that? Well, Jesus, it's, it's the answer that I've preached over and over and over. But clearly, no matter how many times I preach it, I forget it in very critical periods of time, right? Because Jesus said unto his disciples, if any man will come after me, let him deny himself, 
take up his cross and follow me. What I needed to remember this morning when I was having a terrible, horrible, no good, very bad day is that I need to deny self, die to self, and not follow self. What I needed to focus on, it's not about me. It's not about how I feel. It's not about, it's like, okay, here's the situation. What can I do to minister to the people in front of me to the best of my ability? Not, oh, wait, 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 wait. I got to, I got this designed a certain way. I focus so much on my plan, on my structure, instead of just saying, okay, guys, well, there's only, there's only three of us here. Instead of trying to do first Corinthians, let's, let's, let's talk about something else and, and, and try to do an impromptu, maybe devotional study that may have been more beneficial. Maybe that's what I should have done. I, I, I can sit there. I just know this. I was so preoccupied about structure and, and how the, the sermon I spent, I was worried about how many hours I've spent on all of it. It was about me, me, me. In other words, I wasn't dying to self, denying self and not following self. It was all about self. It was all about self. Now I could have, I could have tried to convince you that no, 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 no. This is ensuring that God's word is preached in a way that glorifies him. I'm trying to make this about God's word. I'm trying to make this all about God. But reality, I was making it all about me. Deny self, die to self, and don't follow self. Self was the issue. Self was in the way. See, when we walk around saying that we have had a terrible, horrible, no good, very bad day, it's because we make it about us. But if we die... If we deny, and if we stop following what we want in ourselves, then we can't have a terrible, horrible, no good, very bad day because, well, we really, it's not about us. I forgot that. I forgot that. And now I'm here. I'm in this sanctuary. And there was a part of me that just wanted to go, you know what? I'm just going to sit here for about an hour, walk around, mope grumble, complain, say that everything is messed up and not even bother to turn on the microphone because why do I want to minister to anybody else? Because I've had a horrible, terrible, no good, very bad day. Now, I do think it would have been wrong to come in here and turn on the microphone and go, how's everybody doing? Praise the Lord. It's a great Sunday. Like, and just put on a, a show. That would not have been valuable because I think that that's wrong. I think we, we for, we, if we come before God and there's an issue, we've got to fix, we got to acknowledge that issue. We have to acknowledge, look, it's, it's okay to acknowledge the problem. Just don't excuse it. And I'm not excusing. I think, and the more I talked about it, the more I realized, and, and, and you could hear it. It was about me. 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 Yes, today was terrible. Horrible, no good, very bad day. Sadly, I do believe it impacted the preaching of God's word. I, I think that I did a very decent job of trying to set aside my negative emotions and just stand there during the second hour and preach the text to the best of my ability. I think I did a halfway decent job. Now, I'm, I'm still mad because, well, the, the whole series got messed up. Part one really isn't a part one. It's almost, I don't even know what we call that. That was really just, I don't even know what I was doing. And part two really should just be part one. So now I'm, I'm going to go on the internet. I'm going to delete part one. 
I could do that, but then it would just destroy the reality of what actually happened today. And I think the reality of what happened today, I think it's important for everyone to know that reality because I think in your life, you're going to have some terrible, horrible, no good, very bad days. And how are you going to respond? How are you going to respond? I thought of some other scriptures just as I was thinking about this. I think Matthew 16 is really the key. But here, here's one. First Peter. First Peter. Chapter five. I think verse six is important. First Peter five, six, humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, that you may exalt you in due time. I needed to be humbling myself and just say, okay, God, it's your situation. Whatever, whatever you give me, I will accept. But I kind of like, wait, God, this is not going according to the plan. Remember, two hours, one verse, everyone needed to be here at 10 a.m., everyone. And obviously no one thought about how this would impact me. Uh, see, I, that's not, that's, that's too much focus on self to be humble. But then here's the key, casting all your cares upon him for he careth for you. I should have just, in a sense, took all of that frustration, anxiety, worry. Where are the visitors? How come people aren't showing up? What if the visitors show up? And I should have just taken it all and said, here, God, I can't, I can't, I can't, I can't. Just, I'm going to cast it all upon you. Easier said than done. But I think it's an important verse. Another one. Matthew 6, 25. It's not perfectly applicable, but there, there's, uh, it, there's some principles here. Matthew chapter 6, verse 25. Therefore, I say unto you, take no thought for your life, what you shall eat or what shall you drink or, or for your body, what you, shall, uh, what you shall put on. Is not the life more than meat and the body than raiment? Behold, the fowls of the air for they sow not, neither do they reap, nor gather uh, into barns, yet your heavenly Father feedeth them. Are you not much better than they? Which of you, by taking thought, can add one cubit unto his stature? And why take you thought for ramet? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow, they toll not, neither do they spin. Thing is, I can worry and worry and worry and worry. I, I, can't, I can't fix it. I can't change it. I can't worry. I can't. There's, there's some things I can't change. There's some, and so I, instead of taking thought and being filled with anxiety and worry, I should have just focused on what I could do. On, on, instead of worrying about all the things, I, I, I can't fix why, why a visitor may have decided to show up or not show up. I can't fix that. I can't. I can't. I, I can't. I can't all of a sudden make them, I, I can't worry about that. I can't worry about, I, I, there's just so many things I cannot worry, I, just things I cannot focus on. So those things you cannot change, you, you can't be worried about. And I, and I couldn't change who showed up for the first hour. I couldn't change. I couldn't fix that. But I became too preoccupied with it. And then uh, Philippians 4. That's the last one I wrote down. Philippians 4. We read this. Philippians 4, verse 6. Be careful for nothing. But in everything and by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God, and the peace of God shall pass all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Well, I can't say that I was experiencing the peace of God, 
I was experiencing a terrible, horrible, no good, very bad day. And it's happened to be the Lord's day. And I know that that's one of the very negative things of ministry. It really is. One of the very, very negative things of ministry is that you prepare for work. Like all of your preparing, you're preparing for that sermon. And as much as you want to say, well, no, I, you know, I'm, I'm being ministered by, I do believe you're ministered by that preparation, but you're still preparing for work. You still may get some, and then you go and you have to deliver the sermon, and then you have to deal with, okay, is anybody going to be upset? Is anyone going to be mad? Is anyone going to argue with me? And so sometimes it just turns into work. It turns into all of that. And then finally, when Sunday is over, you're just like, Okay, my work day is over. You know, my work week is ended. Now I'm going to take tomorrow off. And sometimes it feels like, did I get ministered to? Now, I, there have been plenty of times that I've prepared my sermons, preached my sermons, and been spiritually refreshed and encouraged and exhorted and rebuked and corrected. And it all works out perfectly. And there's been plenty of other times by the time Sunday is over, I'm in a sense like looking at my watch, just like you do at your job going, is it time to go home yet? It's over. It's over. And and sometimes when you, you when you leave your job and you come home, you're just like, man, I hate my job, man. I, I wish I could just retire and quit. Right? But there's some Sundays that you, as a pastor, you're just like, man, what do I do? What? Why? How? Why? Why? Why did this all happen? An entire mess up Sunday. No, nothing went right. Uh, very horrible, bad, terrible, no good. Uh, look, uh, look, Alexander in the 1972 children's book. Your day, I, if I remember the book right, the day starts off with him like having gum in his hair. You know, I'm like, buddy, I'll, I'll trade you. You had gum in your hair. I have no one show up for a church service. Do you know what that feels like? Now, see, even that's not inaccurate because there were two people here. So that doesn't mean no one, but it really messed up the way it all went. And I had visitors who didn't show up even. They said they were. So did that mean they heard something they didn't like and now they don't like me and now they're not going to come back to their church? What did I do wrong there? See, um, I, I, but see, it all of it's about me, 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 me. Just like Alexander in the book makes it all about him, 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 him. But if I'm dead, not physically, but spiritually, allegorically speaking, the way Jesus talks about it, if I die to self and I deny self, then it's not about self. And if it's not about self, can I have a terrible, horrible, no good, very bad day? How about you? Now, maybe it's not Sundays. Maybe most of your Sundays are great. Maybe you can't even relate to any of the things I'm talking about because you're not a pastor. Maybe you can relate if you're a Sunday school teacher. But you know what? If you can't relate to a Sunday, what happens when your Monday goes horribly wrong? Or your Tuesday? Or your Wednesday? Or your Thursday? Or your Friday? Or your Saturday? Maybe Sunday is a great day of rest for you. Maybe it always goes well for you. Pastors, sometimes Sundays go horribly, horribly, horribly wrong. That's why there's always the joke that every Monday pastors spend the day, you know, contemplating their retirement, their resignation, and them quitting. Because sometimes by the time Monday comes around, you're discouraged and depressed because Sunday 
it in many cases doesn't become that one wonderful, refreshing day. Now, there's plenty of times there that it is, but if it goes wrong, and many ta- many cases you think it went well on a Sunday, oh, these are the worst. You're like, okay, well, I think that sermon went pretty well. And then all of a sudden the phone rings and you're like, and you look at the number and you're like, uh-oh, someone from the church is calling and it's Monday. Now, I don't, I can't speak for all pastors, but that usually means that usually you're not getting a call. I mean, I can guarantee you. of the time, if I get a phone call on a Monday from a church member, it's not because they're going to be like, that was such an awesome sermon. That was so wonderful. I learned this and I learned that. It was so encouraging. No, 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 no. It's going to be like, "Uh, pastor, yeah, we need to talk. And then it's going to be like, I didn't like this and I like this and I disagreed with this. We're going to go find another church. Okay. All right. Thank you for calling. Thank you for calling and sharing. Now, can we take our next caller, right? And then, so then, then all of a sudden you're encouraging, spiritually renewing Sunday turns into, well, a horrible, a terrible, horrible, no good, very bad Monday, uh, which then basically ruins all of the spiritual benefit that you gained from it, from the Sunday. But um, we all though, in, in, in different ways, we experience the same thing. I just hope that your Sunday was a great day. If it wasn't, hopefully you can spend some time meditating and contemplating on everything that went wrong. And maybe you'll come to the same conclusion. Maybe my horrible, terrible, no good, very bad day simply proves that there's still too much of me present. You can email me, newsif at yahoo.com, newsif at yahoo.com. That's newsif at yahoo.com. May God find some way to bless these devotional thoughts on this Sunday afternoon to someone's benefit. Thank you for listening. God bless.